Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. Bill Polian of ESPN, the former NFL general manager. He thinks that Lamar Jackson, the Louisville quarterback, should play wide receiver in the pros. Ryan Clark, the former Steeler, who also works for ESPN, Clark says that is a racist viewpoint. As in the black guy can't play quarterback, let's put him out wide where he can run. Polian says Jackson is too short to play quarterback, but Jackson is 6'3". I don't think Pauline is being racist. I do think Ryan Clark is being Ryan Clark. But a guy like Lamar Jackson should take a good hard look before he dismisses Polian's opinion. Because what if Polian's right? College quarterbacks are often stubborn about switching to another position for pro football. Heck, high school quarterbacks are often stubborn about switching to another position for college football. Look at two local kids who played quarterback for Pitt. Tyler Palco from West Allegheny and Rod Rutherford from Perry. If they had switched to safety in college, both of them, their pro careers would have served them better than being practice squad quarterbacks. If Terrell Pryor of Norwood and Ohio State, excuse me, Jeanette and Ohio State, if he had switched to wide receiver a long time before he had to, he might be an all-pro receiver by now. It's not about your ego. It's not about the glamour of playing quarterback. It's about what gives you the best chance to make the most money for the longest time. Lamar Jackson needs to ask himself that question, and then he needs to come up with the right answer. Sick again. Brought you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Do you get what I'm saying about the Lamar Jackson situation? I don't think Bill Polian is being racist at all or insulting at all. I don't think Polian is necessarily right either. But it's not about standing up for your rights as a black man or about serving your ego, or even about doing what you want to do. Well, of course, anybody can do what they want to do. But again, to reiterate, it's about what gives you the best chance to make the most money for the longest time. For Lamar Jackson, maybe it's quarterback. Maybe it's wide receiver. Maybe it's defensive back. I don't know. But he needs to get that answer right. Race has nothing to do with it, and money and opportunity have everything to do with it. Like I said about Palco and Rutherford. You know, Palco played a handful of games at quarterback in the NFL. Rutherford was on the Steelers' practice squad for a couple years. Each would have had a better, longer, and more lucrative pro football career had they just gone to college as safeties, like some schools wanted them to, and maximized their development at that position. Ryan Clark's really good on TV. But when I heard he called Bill Polian, didn't call him a racist, but said that was a racist statement, I said, there he is. There's the Ryan Clark I know. 
412-333-9939, the number to call. I love the trade talk. I love the trade talk on Twitter. Some dolt kept telling me on Twitter uh, last night that Thomas Blaconic is the only acquisition that makes sense for the Penguins. Right, the guy with worse stats than Riley Shane. Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. I, I don't think Blaconic's a worthless player, but he has a $6 million cap hit. Maybe Montreal would retain that. I don't know. But I just don't think Blaconic helps. Not like Broussard, not like Grabner. And I love when people dismiss Grabner's empty net goals and say he only plays 15 minutes a game. Ignoring that getting 25 goals to this point in the season, 24 to even strength when you're only playing 15 minutes a game, says a lot about you know your productivity level, what you're doing with the opportunity afforded. Again, as I keep saying, I like Broussard. I think it costs too much. I love Grabner, and you could get him for a second-round pick at something else is what Sportsnet in Canada is saying. Although now that people are talking about him, maybe the Rangers will want more. I think the Rangers got to be frustrated uh, by their attempted fire sale not producing any results so far. Uh, They can't get rid of Rick Nash. They can't get rid of Ryan McDonough. I think they want too much for these guys. If they want to get rid of them at all, I think they're going to have to not accept very much in return and just settle for getting rid of them and getting them off the books, maybe getting a, a, a draft pick that's not a first. I've heard they want a first and second round pick for Nash. I, I'd give them a fifth round pick to not annoy me with asking for first and second round pick for Nash. I mean, for heaven's sakes. And if you get Broussard, I guarantee that deal would would you know entail Ottawa picking up some of his cap so you couldn't get anybody else. If you get Grabner, you could still get a fourth-line center upgrade. I think they'd still be able to find a way to afford that. And remember, if you get Broussard... He's not only your big get at the trade deadline, he's your big get for next season, too. Because he makes $5 million bucks. You know, you'd have no hope of retaining Hornquist. Not that I believe there is much hope in the first place. But it's just, uh, it's just a deal that would help, but seems to have some pitfalls attached. I don't think the Grabner deal would have any pitfalls attached. Let's go to John and Gibsonia. John, you're on with Double M. Good day. Right. <laughs> hey, I was calling about uh, Grabner. I think you're right. He's he's probably the best um, choice to bring in. I think but he's the best we, fit for the Penguins. I agree. I, but don't we still have to send salary out? Aren't we so close to the cap that we can't bring him in without sending somebody off the roster out? Or if the Rangers would pick up some of his cap hit, because it's only I for the rest of the season. That. Yeah, that would work, too. Yeah, and, and I, I, I right think given I think given that Grabner's only a one point six five cap hit, that deal would be a lot easier to work out than a deal for Brassard, where his contract carries over to next year at a five million dollar cap hit. Yeah, I think Brassard coming in, I think would eliminate trying to be able to bring Hornquist back, which I don't think 
you know, I don't know what he's going to command on the open market, but boy, he's he's a unique talent for sure. I don't think he's coming back, bro. I, I think, think any time a guy gets this close to free agency, he owes it to himself to see what it produces. Hornquist will get a year too long, maybe two years too long, and get a million or a million and a half per year too much. He might get six or six and a half, you think? Uh, he might get six. He might get six. Here's a quote from Jim Rutherford in The Athletic. Uh, quote, a deal that we make this week or by Monday might not be the impact deal that we might have made in December, but we're still talking to people to see what possibilities are there. I've always been told that Jim Rutherford is on the phone with everybody when it comes to pursuing a deal. Some GMs just cite on one or two teams, one or two players rather, potential acquisitions. Jim sees what's out there firsthand. He doesn't rely on rumor. He talks to every GM and wants to see who they might want as well, which I think is the best way of doing business. I, Whatever happens between now and Monday's trade deadline, I have faith in Jim Rutherford. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Mike Rupp at the bottom of the hour. Ruppert got traded once at the deadline. Talk to him about that. See what that felt like. Because that's one thing people don't get. In that Penguins locker room right now, the only guys who are sure they're not being traded are Sid and Gino. There are some who know it's less likely, like Latang or Murray or Kessel. But it's an anxious moment. Guys definitely get antsy in the pantsy. For every guy who wants traded, like maybe Ian Cole used to, there's 10 more who don't just because they don't want to uproot their family. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, how you doing? Good. Mace is always a component of any nice day. Thank you for making my day. Yeah, what you said. The X at 105.9. We got Mike Rupp at the bottom of the hour. Let's talk to Mark at Irwin. Mark, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. I don't want you to get too upset with me about who I would like to get. I don't know how we would make it work with the cap hit and who we'd have to give up, but I would love to get Wayne Simmons here. Yeah, okay, that's not going to happen. Anything else? No, I just would like two horn quiz. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Would you like to talk about something that could possibly happen, or should we just wrap it up? Well, it would take some doing. I know that. No, 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 it's impossible. It's just not going to happen. Anything else? What about we give up strong? See you later. Just not going to happen. The Flyers aren't trading Wayne Simmons to the Penguins. And that's why this show's great, because I don't suffer stupidity like somebody would. Well, you know, maybe a package could be put together. It's not going to happen, so shut up. And that guy just won't take no for an answer. Yeah, they'll trade Simmons for Sprong. Leaves the line open. Let's go to Liam. Liam and Presto. Presto Changeo. You're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, how you doing, Mark? Great. All right. Got a question for a possible trade for you. What if the Pens were trying to make a trade with the Arizona Coyotes? And uh, rumor had a little bit earlier in the year that they were trying to uh, possibly move Max Domi and 
possibly also throw into the trade a Nicholas Yalmerson who came over from Chicago. Yeah, they're not going to get Max Domi and Nicholas Jarmelson in a trade. They're just not. Well, my thought was, I understand where you're coming from. I don't know how John Jacob does business over there, but he seems to make some odd moves. Okay, which part of just not don't you get? <clears throat> well, if, if you want to narrow this down to Max Domi, I don't think that's a strong possibility, but it might happen. They're not getting Jarmelson. They're just not. Anything else? No, I guess not. If that's the way you see it, that's the well, way you Well, see I mean, it. that's not the way I see it. That's the way reality dictates. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Here's the trade I'd like to see them make. I'd like to see them trade a first and second round pick to Ponce de Leon for the Fountain of Youth. <laughs> and then I'd like to see Mario Lemieux jump in the Fountain of Youth. Okay, because there's a more realistic chance of that happening than them trading for Jarmelson. That's just not going to happen. Thank you for the call. I mean, I mean, one guy wants to trade for Wayne Simmons. One wants to trade for Jarmelson. And here's something relevant to not trading for Jarmelson that we could talk about. The Penguins' defense core right now is really good. Really, really, really good. Cole and Alexek are a great bottom pair. They've coalesced, and their chemistry has made them greater than the some of the parts. Happy birthday today to Ian Cole, who turned 29. That beard makes him look 59. That's neither here nor there. And uh, Latang, Dumo, Mata, and Schultz are all top four defensemen. So they don't need to shake up the defensive core unless they trade you know, a guy like Conwick away and even that, boy, I know you want to shed cap, and Hunwick's not worked out here, but Hunwick is my number seven on the left side. I'm good with that. Ruedel as my number seven on the right side. I'm good with that, too. Let's go to John at Homer City. John, you're on with Double M. I was just wondering, with the Rangers being sellers, think there's any chance at that part with Kevin Hayes? I don't think so. Uh, he's not in the vein of guys that are looking to dump. Because he's young, he's not that expensive. Right. Maybe. I mean, he'd be a great get, wouldn't he? Well, I think he'd be a tremendous third-line center for us on this team. But, that, but that's like somebody had called last week and talked about getting J.T. Miller, the local kid. Mm-hmm. I just don't think those are the types of guys they want to get rid of. Right. I think they want to give a rental like Grabner and the old over-the-hill guys like Nash and McDonough and so forth. Well, I was wondering if the Rangers were interested in like a, a younger goalie now that Lundqvist is kind of getting up there a bit. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, and I don't want to trade Jari anyway. Gustafson? Right, that's what I was thinking. It wouldn't shock me if Gustafson did get traded. By the way, Kevin Hayes is red hot for the Rangers. A point in five of the last six games. Three goals and four assists over that span. Let's go to Tony in Cannonsburg. Tony, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Great. Hey, how do you feel about getting rid of Sprung? Uh, I, I don't want to get rid of anybody. I'd like to make well, yeah, trades yeah, yeah. that benefit the team, but but I don't sense the Penguins are very high on him. Really? I, I see him as a phenomenal, potential phenomenal player, and I just don't think he's had enough work. 
I just don't want to move them, especially for somewhat of a rental guy. That I really hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, but what sometimes that's how you win. For us to move it. Sometimes that's how you win. True, true. You got to go for three while you can. Well, I don't care if they get three this year, next year, the year after. I don't want to hamstring the effort in 19 and 20 to, to try to win a third in a row this year. Uh, do I want to trade Sprong? No. Would I be willing to uh, in the right deal? Yes, I would. Up next, more hockey talk. Mike Rupp here on 105.9. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey. It was good, Mark. Hi. Super genius. It's a good buddy. Ask shit, folks. Ask your BMW. Woo! The X at 105.9. Joining me now to talk hockey from the NHL Network and AT&T Sportsnet, it's former Penguin and a Stanley Cup champ with New Jersey. He is Mike Rupp. Rupper, who would help the Penguins more, Derek Broussard or Michael Grabner? Ooh, I like that one. Um, I would, I like them both a lot. I would probably say Derek Broussard from the standpoint of, I don't know if, or I, I do know actually, there's no better center ice if you have Crosby, Malkin, and Broussard in the National Hockey League. So um, I think just going off the premise of building your team down the middle, I think that's a, that would be a, a in the perfect world, a, a better situation, but Michael Grabner is really intriguing as well. This guy just scores goals. That's all he does. He flies around the ice 100 miles an hour. He's a weapon on the uh, penalty kill because of that. Um, they both would be great landing spots uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Ottawa would obviously want more for Broussard than the Rangers would want for Grabner. What's the most the Penguins should give up for Broussard? Because I'm hearing Ottawa would want a first-round pick, a top prospect, and an NHL player. That's a lot, Rupper. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of teams, and I think that's why all of a sudden now you're starting to hear things come out, and even the Ottawa Senators are saying they're they're not looking to ship uh, or shop, I should say, uh, Eric Carlson. The asking price for a lot of these guys is outrageous. I think that's what makes Michael Grabner even more appealing is that his teammate Rick Nash, I think they're asking a, a lot for as well. So you kind of go to your next tier, and Michael Grabner's a good option in that. But if, as far as Derek Broussard, yeah, you don't want to – you don't want to give up. Uh, yeah, I, I think a guy like Derek Broussard, I think you, you you want to try in a perfect world. If I'm putting my GM hat on here, you, you want to try to obviously make the deal without losing a roster player that's that can add to your team right now. You want to keep depth on your team. If you can do it via prospects uh, or draft pick, that's that's something different. If you're willing to give that up, but I don't think that. Uh, I mean, that seems like an awfully high high uh, cost for for those types of guys that are out there, and I think that's why we're seeing some of these deals not happen yet. Uh, I agree. Uh, the debate is, how much should the Penguins be willing to overpay in the right deal? There's a sentiment among some of the fans, Rupert, that you're trying for a third straight Stanley Cup. If you have to give up too much, give up too much. I disagree because you can still win a Stanley Cup in 19 or 20. I don't think there's ever a good reason to make a bad deal. Well, I'm I'm a little bit different there where I think you you potentially overpay a little bit now if you have to because we we know in in Pittsburgh listen that this team won the cup in in 09 um and I came to the organization the the following season and from you know 10 uh, the 10 11 season on uh till uh 
you know, until 16, that those are, that's still a team that should be contending to win a cup every year. But every year there's either injuries, there's problems, there's underachieving by certain players. Um, there's so many variables that come into place. In a perfect world, we say, hey, yeah, this team with this core, with Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Phil Kessel playing the way they are, with Matt Murray and that, this team should be there and will be there. But the big should is, is something that's kind of scary. I think what we see now is this team is there. And you got to win when you're there. And uh, so I, I think, you, in my opinion, you, you maybe overpay a little bit um, because then it's, it's just going to get harder from here on out, I think, as far as uh, you're right now we're sitting at, what, February 21st, and you're saying this team is the top or top three teams in the National Hockey League. They should win a cup. I think you got to go for it and pull the trigger. Uh, you mentioned Grabner's speed, and, and, and I think that adding him to Pittsburgh – would just take their biggest strength and make it all the more overwhelming. Furthermore, Rupper, wouldn't Grabner be a good fit for Crosby? Because I think Crosby needs better wings than the guys he's playing with right now. Well, the one interesting thing I like about Michael Grabner as well, if you look at him the last couple of years when he's been scoring boatloads of goals for the Rangers, is he gets a lot of his goals five on five, and that's huge. He, he's not a guy. He's, he's, he's really not. He's not a power play guy which is crazy when you talk about how many goals he scores. He's not a guy that's going to consistently, A, even be on the power play, but get power play goals. His goals all come five-on-five five or shorthanded or in overtime. And when you have a, a player that can score in five-on-five, five, that's extremely valuable and come playoff time in, in particular and with his speed. So uh, where does he figure in if he was on this team? Yeah, I think he'd get a kick at it with Sidney Crosby. But he's a really unique player in the fact that I'm not comparing the players by any stretch and the way they play, but say Phil Kessel, he he can he can generate on his own. He doesn't need Crosby or Malkin to generate offense. Michael Grabner is a little bit of a I don't know a one on one type player where you just get a player out there to throw the puck to space and he's going to go in there and he's going to do the rest. Um, I don't think he needs a Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin to still score goals. But uh, it would be certainly something to kick the tires on to see if you can even bump him up a little bit more in the goal department. Well, the fact that he's number two in the league in even strength goals with 40 since the start of the last season, that just is amazing to me. Now, Rupper, what if the Penguins don't make a deal? I still think they're a contender as is, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I think that that brings me back to that Broussard case, and whether it's Broussard or another potential third-line center we've been talking about for a long time since the departure of Colin and, and Benino is um, I, I like Riley Sheehan. I think he's done great. He keeps building, and I don't think we've seen the peak of him yet. Um, this team would be fine, I believe, going forward with him. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a real nice option to have uh, a Derek Broussard or another guy just to solidify that, that position a little bit more and um, – you know, those are, they'd be fine, but if you can do it and it makes sense, um, they, it, it's something that's really intriguing as far as uh, Derek Broussard, uh, anybody else really that would just kind of solidify that position even more. So if it's not getting done, you can you can uh, plug and play whoever you want into that slot. So I think when you look at a team and you have the potential of Crosby, Malkin, Maybe because that's who we've been talking about this this whole time, Derek Broussard, and then Riley Shane. I mean, doesn't get much better than that at center ice position. We're talking to Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche and by Window Nation. Rupper, what's the trade deadline like for a player? 
How much tension is typically in the dressing room, and how much is said between the players? Oh, it's brutal. It's it sucks. Guys don't like it. Uh, you know, even if you're sitting there, I mean, there's many years where you feel pretty confident that you're not a name that's going to be up up in uh, up in discussion there. But I think it's a lot of times. From from one standpoint, it's good because it's a real good gauge for players to know exactly what the coach and GM think about their team, and maybe even individually. So if you're a player that's in a certain position, let's use a, a Riley Shane for example. If he's sitting in this position and the team doesn't make a move, that's got to feel pretty darn good for him that he's done a good job of making them feel comfortable that that uh, he can get the job done. So you sit there and you look at it from the, a positive standpoint like that. Um, but the negative side of it, there's also other times where you feel that you've worked your way in and, and have your role with the team, and then all of a sudden they bring a guy in or two that maybe bump you down the depth chart a little bit. So it's kind of one of those things you never know what's going to happen. And you sit around, you're staring at the TV, you're staring at your phone, um, when it's over, it's a big relief because then you know that, hey, now we dig in. This is our team, and no one else is walking through the door, so it's up to us. Now, you got traded uh, not at the deadline, but a bit before in 2004. You were 24 years old. What was that experience like? Oh, it was uh, it was kind of a funny story behind it. I was roommates with Patrick Eliash in New Jersey, and we had uh, we had our mandatory team meals all the time with New Jersey. Lou Lamarillo had a lot of rules in those areas so we would have uh our mandatory breakfast that we had to go to and and patty eliash and i um we would decide that hey listen um we'll pay for our own breakfast we don't care we'll just put the little thingamajiggy on the door and it'll deliver it to our room at a certain time room service will and we were missing a few breakfasts and uh, lou lamarillo called us in and told us that uh that's a that's a no-go and we're not doing that anymore and uh, we went about a week or two of doing it, properly going to the meal. And then we had one morning or one night before we went to bed, we're like, man, let's just, he's not going to know. Let's just get room service and we'll just sleep in another hour. And we did. My phone rang and uh, it was Lou that woke me up from a dead sleep. And uh, I had to kind of clear my voice and uh, make it sound like I was awake. And uh, he told me I was traded. And I've always wondered if it was because I was skipping breakfast if I got <laughs> traded, but I don't think that was it. I think it, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's it's exciting, but then it's also um, it's it's weird because you're going to a team where you're feeling one thing from one side, where I don't know that you're wanted or you're desired to be on this this one team, but then you also look at it. Hey, they didn't want me on that team, and they're getting ready for the playoffs. So it's a little bit of a humbling experience. It kind of makes you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, but. Um, and another degree, it kind of makes you feel if you got nine lives in the NHL or whatever number you want to put on it, it feels like you burned one. And uh, it doesn't feel good to get traded. Uh, Washington's struggling right now, and Braden Holtby, the goalie, is having a bad year. I did not see that coming. Holtby struggling. Did you? No. No, I didn't. He's been the most consistent goaltender in the league for the last number of years. Um, when we think about the elite goalies in the league over that time you've you, you got to think of Carey Price, Sergey Bobrovsky, um Jonathan Quick. Uh, they don't have the consistency that Braden Holpe has had, but now you're seeing him kind of go through it. So I think that's another interesting thing to me too is um we've talked about it all the time that maybe the the Capitals need a year of not running away with things and maybe dealing with that adversity during the season because they seem to always have to deal with that adversity 
come playoff time and they struggle with it. So um, they've got, obviously, you've got the Pittsburgh Penguins right there uh, on your heels. That's got to be enough to keep you on your toes. Then you've got a goaltender that's not at his game. So with the remaining games left, he needs to find it. So maybe that'll kind of fine-tune things for this team. Um, it's easy to say that hopefully they use this to, for their own right to uh, to be better than they have come playoff time. But uh, it's got to be a little bit of a concern because that's something that we're not used to seeing with Holby. Philadelphia's goalies all got hurt, so they traded with Detroit for Peter Mrazek. Can Mrazek keep the Flyers in the playoff spot? They're in, in pretty good shape right now, aren't they? Yeah, they've been looking great. Uh, Peter Mrazek is, is a goalie that will either make you feel like you made the the best move ever, or he'll make you want to pull your hair out. Uh, he's either hot or he's not. And when he's good, he goes on ridiculous streaks and can win hockey games single-handedly, it seems like, on some nights. So if that's the Peter Mrazek they get in net, this team's not going anywhere. Uh, it's a really unique situation with both goaltenders going down, and you've got um, you've got the youngster, Lion, that's um, he's been all right as well. So uh, it, it'll be interesting how it goes. Peter Mrazek has been kind of uh, a bit of voicing his displeasure in Detroit for a couple of years now about wanting to be that starting guy. His numbers have been pretty good. He's, he's been inconsistent, though, and this is now his opportunity to grab a hold of things in his NHL career and just say, hey, I am a NHL starter, and um, I could be just as good as anybody else, so we'll see. And finally, Rupper, there's a lot I like about the New York Islanders, but they've allowed the most goals in the league, and that's not going to get them in the playoffs. No, that's why I, I I would have liked to have seen, and maybe it still happens, but um, I mean, maybe Peter Morazic, the Islanders should have been kicking the tires on, or, or someone on those, on that level. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really solve things for them as far as their goalies are the same boat. Yar Halak, Thomas Grice, is, they're inconsistent. The team in front of them is inconsistent with defending. Would a Peter Morazic in that situation be an upgrade? I don't know, but you're just hoping that they'll let you catch lightning in a bottle and he gets hot because uh, Grice and Halak can certainly get hot as well. But it, that's an issue for that team. I, I love them. I, I wish, I, I hope I would. We see them in the playoffs because they're, they're fun to watch. I mean, that's hockey the way we love watching it. The fans in Pittsburgh love that kind of brand of hockey, scoring goals, making great plays. They have really exciting players, but they just can't keep the puck out of their net. So I look for that team to do something on the back end with D. Um, that's going to be a huge thing for them is, is filling a, a D void. Um, who knows if they're going to stay pat on this goalie situation or not. Rupper, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right, talk to you later, Matt. That's Mike Rupp. Great insight from him. Uh, the Flyers are in pretty good shape right now. Morazic. I think he's better than the goalies that they were playing. I think he's better than Brian Elliott, even when Elliott's healthy. Better than Neuvert, too. I don't want him to make it. I think they'd go out in the first round, and that would be embarrassing. I don't want to see them even get in the playoffs. That would be all the more embarrassing. We'll talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double whammy, what's up? In and out like the psychotic version of the hokey pokey. Mark, you are a super genius. I know. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, Ryan Shazier says he wants to not only play football again, but make the Hall of Fame. I think it's admirable to 
shoot high as he tries to recover from paralysis. But if you were he and you recovered well enough to walk, would you take the risk of playing football again? Oh, wow. Um, admirable, admirable is a great word to use there, Mark. I agree with you at that one 100%. Uh, I don't know if I would, but then again, you're dealing with somebody who's always shot for the highest, and that's how he got into the NFL. Um, if I was him, uh, let me just say I would, I would probably set my goals pretty high also instead of just walking. Um, because once you get there, maybe there is a bit of a let off. So I can understand why he's putting, you know, playing again in the NFL, putting his sights as high as he can and, you know, saying that maybe a Hall of Fame is in there somewhere. I appreciate that. Um, I understand that. I don't know if I could, if I would have the guts or the strength to go that far. Well, let's approach it from a different stance then. Do you think any doctor would clear him to play football again? I no. doubt the Steelers' doctor would. I agree with you on that one, also. Yeah, it's, that's going to be a, a very tough sell for anybody in that field. Um, you know, because it's their name on that diagnosis. If, if something goes wrong, um, boy, it's just an impossible answer all the way around, isn't it? Yeah, I wish him well in his recovery, but I I don't think he'll be able to play football again, uh, whether because he can't recover that fully, or because he thinks better of it, or because. Uh, NFL team physicians think better of it. Bob, uh, earlier I talked about the Penguins' playoff chances, and I went through the Eastern Conference team by team. There really aren't that many teams that figure to legitimately challenge the Penguins in a best-of-seven, are there? No, uh, and I know that you kind of stopped on Tampa Bay just like everybody else is, but I agree with you to a bit, Mark. They've got Tampa Bay's number. They play the same game. They do it better than Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Veselevsky can be had. Kucherov is awfully tough. Stamkos is awfully tough. Uh, but we've got, you know, the Penguins have got their own guys who are awfully tough to stop also. The one team, I don't know why, maybe because I just hate them and I hate some of the guys on their roster so much, but it seems like Boston might be a weird uh, team coming out. You know, they, they had a tough start to the season. They've really turned things around. They've been pretty hot in December and January. We seem to struggle against them often. I believe we're one and one against them this year. Uh, so maybe they're the dark horse team that the Penguins have a little bit of trouble with. I hope not because I hate them, but maybe. Other than just saying the road answer of Tampa Bay Lightning because they're number one. Boston's only, what, one point behind Tampa Bay, right? Right. I think Washington's going to pose a problem this year just because this will be the year where you figure they're not going to do much. I thought Even, that was last year. Well, no, they're in first place now. <laughs> yep. You know yep. what I mean? Still, I mean, they've slumped a little bit. The Penguins have made a run, but the Caps are still in first place. The most disconcerting thing with Washington is Holtby's really having a bad year. Now, that doesn't mean he won't pick it up soon. Doesn't mean he won't pick it up in the playoffs, but right now he's not been very good. And finally, Bob, the meeting of the Aliquippa school board is tonight. Given all the negative publicity, the movement to oust Mike Zemanek as the high school football coach has got in the past couple of days. Do you think the Aliquippa School Board will pull the trigger on firing Mike Zemanek? Unfortunately, Mark, I do. Uh, I think that the wheels are in motion right now. If that many people have been talking about it for this long, as you mentioned in the 3 o'clock hour, some of the players actually thought that this was going to be his last year anyway. I hope that he has not resigned to that already. But I think that, you know, deals have been done, promises have been made, whether it's the school board, whether it's a group of parents, I think that once that train starts rolling, awfully tough to stop. Do you think it's because he's old? Do you think it's because he's white? Do you think it's because he's both? 
Since they won't tell us why they want to get rid of him, I'm going to conjecture, Bob. That's my conjecture. That was a caller's conjecture. What's your conjecture? I agree that it's both. I think that there is part uh, of both of those aspects of it. And mostly with the ageism thing, Mark, he's just been there for so long. 20 plus years. That's a long he's time. He's 71. Yeah, he's we're se- told. Yeah, and and he runs it his way. That, that, uh, that just, you know, that pisses people off in the worst way. And when you get some parents together, they get a school board member or two. One caller called up about the clicks. Here's something that bothers me, not to the point where I'm outraged, but you heard a caller say before that the primarily black community of Aliquippa doesn't want a white guy representing them as football coach. And, you know, I get it. But then why do we have the Rooney rule? (laughs) No, that's a great question. Uh, Maybe you should go to the school board meeting tonight and just kind of raise the hand. Uh, You know, you don't need the microphone there. But I understand, but that's at such a different level. Remember, this is... This is just at your high school level well, where yeah, all the it, people can the same principle. It, it's no, the it same absolutely principle. is, but you I mean, don't have the applying, money behind they're it. They're applying race to a situation, to my mind, in a negative way. Whereas the Rooney Rule is applying it in, in a positive way to give the opportunity. But, but, but you know, if, if a black guy can be force-fed opportunity, job interviews, in a profession that has usually been all white, for, for right or wrong, namely the NFL coaching fraternity, if a black man can be force-fed opportunities there, why does the white guy lose the job coaching high school football because he's a white guy? Yeah, that's a you know brutal question. But you know what, Mark? It's just high school. They don't have the money behind this. They don't have the organization of an entity like the NFL or the Steelers. Um, it, it's just there's so many different ways to hide what it actually is that they're probably going to get away with it. As irrational as it sounds. But it's it, pretty obvious what it actually is. I believe that. Yep. I, I, unfortunately, I do. Because uh, what else is there? What else are you going to put out there? Right, right, because you can't say he ain't got the job done because he's been in <laughs> the Whipple final the last 10 years. He's only gotten the job he done better than anybody only else. eight other coaches in Whipple history have six championships. Yeah, nothing else to stand on. It's, it's got to be something along those lines. Think it's more age or race? Um, boy, that's, uh, probably 51 to 49. I would say more age. I'd say 90, 10, a different way, but they're <laughs> going to use the 10% to disguise it. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to you by 84 lumber in just 30 seconds. I'm going to talk about horse. 105.90 X.